What's up, everybody? For the week ending February 10th, my name is Marks. This is Freedom Tech Wrap, a weekly source for news and project updates in the freedom and independent technology space. We live in a highly connected world. Freedom Tech lets you decide how you want to connect and where you want your data to live. Freedom Tech Wrap is an independent show. If you want to support what we're doing, you can send us value through your podcasting 2.0 app. Your support and your feedback are greatly appreciated. This week, I'd like to test out a new segment on this podcast that is a different kind of freedom technology that you might not have considered as being part of this space. It's going to be a bonus song. If you've listened to earlier shows or you've followed me on Noster, you know that music is an important part of my life. I am a DJ, I've been in a band, I've been in many choirs, etc. There is a new feature in Value for Value that makes it so podcasts can play independent music and have payments go directly to the artist while their track is playing. It's super cool. Now, there are full music shows that sound almost like you're listening to a music station that you'd hear on the radio. You know, the ones where they have a DJ and they're playing songs and they talk briefly in between them. Those are really cool. You can go check those out. Uh, But I also want to bring some music into this podcast. Music is a form of communication, and independent music, supported through value for value, is a way for music communication to remain a freedom technology, something that's sorry, uninfluenced by corporate interests that try to shape the message of what they're doing. So the way that I want to do it here today is that I'm going to play a song after the standard ending of this episode. Each week, I will pick a song from Wavelake, That's the independent music service that I've talked about before. I'll pick a song from Wave Lake that I've been enjoying throughout the week, and I will put it at the end of the show. Now, for those who are not interested in this at all, you can just turn off the episode at the normal stopping point. No judgment from me. For those who do want to hear an independent artist, just keep listening at the end. And then uh, any boosts that you send while the song is playing, they will go to the artist of that song. So you can even rewind after listening to the song and and boost it then. If you're like, hey, I really like that. Let me go back and boost it. All sats, you know, all money, all boosts during the normal episode flow just kind of flow like normal to the wallets that are in there. Uh, But at the exact moments when the song is playing, that artist's wallet gets inserted into the split and then money flows over to them. So it's really cool. I'm hoping this turns out to be an interesting element to the show. Uh, I'd like to give more support and more exposure to these independent artists who are making a name for themselves and are using this open form of communication and expression. So let's support this other kind of freedom technology. All right, now on to the news. First story today is about the a co-founder of GitHub and former CEO of GitHub who was temporarily banned from the service that he created. So this comes from Defunct on Twitter, where he says, Hey, I was banned from GitHub without any explanation. Guess I'm moving all my code over to Bitbucket. Now, he was reinstated quickly. However, the damage has already been done. If the person who created GitHub and used to run GitHub, if they can lose their access without warning, then why should any of us feel confident in our own account access that we have? There are many comments on the tweet that mention the need for a peer-to-peer solution, something built on Nutella or Noster. And I think it's a little humorous 
or uh, maybe oddly poetic in a way that defunct points out moving over to Bitbucket because that's just another big tech moderated service like GitHub. So I think the real solution is to use an open protocol where you have control over your account. A couple of projects to mention here that we've talked about already. You have Gitster, G-I-T-S-T-R, and you also have gitworkshop.dev. Both of those are trying to build an open Git platform using open protocols. Next up, we have a data leak. This is on Spoutable, which is an alternative to Twitter. There have been quite a few projects over the last few years that have come out to try and be an alternative to Twitter. Um, this one started about a year ago. Looks like it launched in like February of 2023. This article comes way of The Verge, and it says, Twitter alternative spouts a massive leak. Spoutable's API coughed up passwords, two-factor authentication info, and tokens that could let attackers take over anyone's account. The article goes on to say, a security consultant, Troy Hunt, has detailed a vulnerability in the API of Spoutable, a social platform that emerged following Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter that could allow hackers to take full control of users' accounts. After someone alerted Hunt to the vulnerability, he discovered that hackers could exploit Spoutable's API to obtain a user's name, username, bio, along with their email, IP address, and phone number. Spoutable has since addressed the vulnerability, writing in a blog post on its site that it didn't leak decrypted passwords or direct messages, while confirming the information scraped included email addresses and some cell phone numbers. The article goes on to detail a bit more alarming info than what Spoutable initially indicated. It's, it continues to say, however, Hunt discovered something much more alarming. Bad actors could also use the exploit to obtain a hashed version of users' passwords. While they were protected with bcrypt, short or weak passwords could be fairly easy to decipher, and the service blocked people from setting longer passwords that would be harder to crack, which is a, a little bit ironic. And to top it all off, Hunt found that the API returned the two-factor authentication code used to sign into someone's account, as well as the reset tokens generated to help a user change a forgotten password. This could let hackers easily gain access to and hijack someone's account without alerting them to the breach. So kind of my take on it is that I've never used Spoutable before. It launched a year ago as a place for people to share their opinions without being penalized by the platform or other users which is what they say on their website. Now, it sounds like a well-intentioned service, but one that had big gaps in their security design. So I, I would just say scrutinize the tools that you are using. Make sure that the services you are trusting with your data aren't able to accidentally or intentionally cause you harm. Next up, this is an interesting article that was surfaced to me by Rabble on Noster. It was written by another Noster user called Anil Dash, A-N-I-L-D-A-S-H. And he posted it to his own blog, and it's called Wherever You Get Your Podcasts is a Radical Statement. He says, uh, Rabble, when he shared it, said, Anil Dash has an essay about how podcasting is the great example of open protocol social media. And here's an excerpt from the article. Being able to say wherever you get your podcasts is a radical statement because what it represents is the triumph of exactly the kind of technology that's supposed to be impossible, open, empowering tech that's not owned by any one company, 
that can't be controlled by any one company and that allows people to have ownership over their work and their relationship with their audience. So this is referring to pretty much every podcast episode there that you listen to where they're like, you know, download us on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's that phrase that they're referring to. This was a bit of a short read. I recommend checking it out. It talks about how the podcast media space started, then grew into large tech companies providing the reach, which provided ability to control access over that content. The piece goes into kind of the money that's behind the industry, including the advertising revenue model and how it shapes things that get published. But what is great is that this open protocol continues to win. There is an exit ramp for people. So if you are publishing your, your podcast to some platform and that platform decides to shut you down, you still have an exit ramp thanks to the open protocols upon which podcasting are built. It's also worth noting that Joe Rogan has recently brought his show back to open RSS. It started as an open show, then it got moved exclusively to Spotify for a big bag of money. <laughs> but now Spotify is allowing it to be opened back up again while still paying him lots of money. To me, this means that there is actually more money to be made for Spotify on advertising with a larger audience as opposed to trying to get people to sign up for a Spotify subscription directly. Now, I'm not a major fan of the avenue, uh, the, the ad revenue model, but I am a fan of one of the biggest shows in podcasting being open again. So I think this is gr a great win for all of us. And then hopefully one day Rogan can try out value for value and show what it can do on a larger scale. So uh, Adam Curry, if you're listening, maybe you can help convince him and get him started on that path. Happy to help you out. Next up, we have a really cool Bitcoin guide from DarthCoin. DarthCoin, if you aren't familiar, is a user that writes lots of different guides uh, on their website. This one is called Getting Started with Zeus Mobile Node. Zeus is a, on the surface, it's a Bitcoin and Lightning app for your phone, but it does so much more, especially with the latest version that we talked about previously, version 0.8.0. The release has a couple of massive features in it. One is it has a full lightning node running in the app, and the other is inventory management for a point of sale system. So this guide is very lengthy. It walks you through how to set it up, how to integrate it into the larger lightning network, connect it with Noster, back things up, and more. Now, I like to look at things through the lens of who is this for? What kind of user would want this, right? So a few users that I think this could appeal to. You have a person who is working at a small booth somewhere. Maybe it's a farmer's market or a sports team concession stand or even a yard sale or, you know, garage sale as they're called some places. Another person might be a small business owner who wants to accept Bitcoin along with all of their other credit cards and cash and things that they accept. Zeus is a standalone point of sale system, or it can link into a square POS. Another person this might appeal to is just someone who wants to be more sovereign and independent with their lightning usage. There's no need to depend fully on other companies to keep your Bitcoin lightning funds safe. You can do that yourself. So a few important points that this guy calls out. Uh, I'm gonna read directly from it for a moment. It talks about a private LND node. That means this node will not do public routing of others' payments through your node. 
The node and the channels are unannounced, meaning private, not visible on the public Lightning Network graph. To receive and make payments, they will be done through your connected LSP peers. That's a Lightning service provider. Think of it as a way to connect yourself to the greater Lightning Network. So if you're wanting to route payments on the Lightning Network and collect fees, this guide isn't for you. This, this app isn't for you. While that sounds awesome to make money routing payments, I think a majority of Lightning users just will not want to do that. In my personal experience, running a, running a routing node takes much more effort than running a Bitcoin node. And I think that it's going to become more of a specialized thing. We do want to have people running routing nodes rather than letting the process consolidate into just a few companies. So this isn't me saying that routing nodes are hard, don't even try them. I'm simply saying that uh, it's not the same narrative as a Bitcoin node. We need hundreds, thousands, maybe eventually tens of thousands of good routing nodes, but I'm, I'm not really sure what that exact number is, but it would be a small fraction compared to the hundreds of millions of users that are running a private lightning node just to do their own personal transactions. So that's just something to keep in perspective. All right, next things that the, the article also goes through. Uh, point of sale. Now merchant users can set up their own product items and sell directly from Zeus with integrated POS. For the moment, it contains basic needs, but in the future, it will contain extended features. Next thing it does, full support for LN URL, LN address, send and receive. Now you can set up your own self-custodial lightning address with at ZeusPay.com. And remember, you can also use Zeus for LN off on sites where you can log in with a Lightning authentication. That's very handy. Automated backups. The LN node channels are automatically backed up on the Olympus server. This automatic backup is encrypted with your node wallet seed. Without the seed, it's totally useless. User can also export manually a SCB static channels backup file for disaster recovery. So this is a big one in my mind. Running a node on a mobile device is precarious. In general, you should be treating a mobile device as if you will lose all the data on it at any moment. So running a payment system for your business or your personal life would be a bit insane without the data being backed up elsewhere. I need to check into this more, but it looks like these backups are sufficiently encrypted so that nobody else can view them. However, you are still depending on a service to have your backup. So if you lose your device and the backup isn't accessible, you're out of luck. So mitigate that by exporting the SCB file and also figure out other ways to mitigate your risk. Last big bullet point I think is important from the article. It says, there is no need to use Zeus with Tor or Orbit service. Please don't complicate things more than it's necessary. Tor, in this case, will not offer you more privacy, but only make things worse for the initial synchronization. Also, be careful with what VPNs you are using and check latency of the connection toward Neutrino servers. Keep in mind, Neutrino block filter do not leak or trace your device identity, and they're just serving blocks. The Lightning, traffic, Lightning network traffic is also behind a LSP with private channels, so very few information is out. There's no reason to freak out about privacy. And this is a big thing too. I think we're all accustomed to using something like Tor or a VPN to try and hide our, our identity and, and maintain more privacy. And I think that's great in many aspects, but it is important to call out 
when there's already privacy baked into a service. And so there's no need to introduce the overhead and the complexity and really just the problems that you might be inserting into your process by going with something like Tor when it's not needed. And then it just ends by saying, remember, Zeus embedded node will not do public routing. So check out Darth Coin's guide and there are other guides and writings on there as well. Next news item is a new project called SATCOM. It's a chat service for any page on the internet. Uh, you can check it out at satcom.app. That's S-A-T-C-O-M dot A-P-P. And this comes from user Jingles on Noster and GitHub. And this adds a collaborative layer to the internet browsing experience. You're enabling collaborative knowledge sharing by integrating web content and online discussions, transforming the way that we engage with information on the web. So that's from the website talking about SATCOM. The way I look at it is uh, this effectively adds a chat section to any web page on the internet. Uh, when you're on a page, you can leave comments, you can see comments from others. It's built on the Noster protocol, which is open. So this can be very powerful and also potentially awful because the internet is full of people who want to post things that you simply don't want to read. Hopefully there will be ways to filter out spam and filter out content that you personally find to be vile or abhorrent. Um, but this is, it should be noted that this is not a new concept. This kind of thing has been around for a long time, but it's the first time that I've seen something built on the open nature of Noster or on Noster itself, I should say. So I think it's an interesting project. You can give it a try by adding the extension to your Chrome browser and then head on over to satcom.app and I will be keeping my eye on this project. While we're talking about new projects, this one is was announced on Stacker News, and this comes from a, a fellow person at Plub Labs. It's called Cascader, C-A-S-C-D-R. Now, I'm linking to the Stacker News post because it has a lot more information about the project than the project website itself. Um, but this is a way to link together multiple open protocol-based services and have them do things for you. You can chain things together. With it, you can build various workflows for personal use or project work and then it uses lightning payments to pay for services as you go. So if you have five things in your process and each one of them needs a little bit of money to do their thing, then your lightning wallet will send the specific amount of money for each one of them so that it can work through the workflow. And the thing I love about that is with the pay as you go, you're not dependent on an ad-based support service or somebody who's doing personal data mining as a revenue source so that they can keep your usage quote unquote free. Here's a summary from the author. User Cascader says, Cascader is like Zapier on open protocols. We use Lightning for value for value APIs and Noster for discovery and reputation. We just added a new YouTube agent that can summarize or write a post for a one hour plus YouTube video. So I can see a lot of uses for this, especially with my own projects. For example, I'm trying to run Freedom Tech Wrap as independently as possible from an infrastructure standpoint. I'm trying to use Freedom Tech throughout. I also want to scale my time so that it doesn't take me as long to make each episode. I mean, for example, here are some steps that I have to go through for each episode. I research things. I gather information in one spot and consolidate it. I do more research. I write the episode. I record, then I have to edit, 
transcribe things, do the RSS metadata, make a website post for it, put the chapters in, find music and put that on there, publish it, promote it, analyze the data as people listen, listen and boost and request things, adjust what I'm gonna do for next time, and then do it all over again. So it's quite a lengthy process. I'm really looking to automate any of those steps where I can without sacrificing the creative quality of the show. So I've already started doing that with transcriptions. After I've got the final edit of an episode, I take the MP3 file and I run it through a local version of Whisper that I'm running on my computer, and it gives me a fully transcribed text output of what I said on the show in a matter of minutes. It isn't 100% perfect, but it is very close and it has saved me at least an hour or two of listening and transcribing things on my own. So I'd also like to point out something about this list of steps that I just mentioned. If you go back and listen to it, there's roughly like 15 steps that I outlined for creating an episode of Freedom Tech Wrap. Now, only one of those steps, which is right in the very middle, is called record. And that's a huge step. It's an important one, but it's just a single part in the very middle of a very long process. So when people think about making a podcast, which I'm guilty of this too, they mainly picture the the recording step in their mind, sitting there in a chair with a microphone and talking. Most of the research that they do into starting a podcast is centered around how to get the best audio equipment and how to get the best sound while they're recording. And we wonder if we have what it takes to record, whereas really that's just one of the steps of the show. If you want to do your own podcast, you really should be asking yourself, do I have the time to do the research on the topic that I want to cover? Do I have the time to write a basic outline of my thoughts for each episode or maybe a full-blown script? Do I have the time to edit, publish, and promote? doesn't have to be paid promotion, but promote your show. So that's, that's a lot more than just recording. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. Cascader is a project that I will try to try out and see if it can help me improve my efficiency with doing the many steps that go into producing a podcast. Okay, on the Android front, we uh, we have Vitor Paplona, who is a creative amethyst. We've mentioned him here before, and he has a video and he posted a note on Noster that says, Android, consider using Obtanium to install your apps. He says, this is your periodic reminder to install Amethyst and all other Noster clients through Obtanium instead of Google's Play Store. You not only receive faster updates, for example, the Play Store is currently four versions behind, but you also start the process of freeing yourself from your invisible digital overlords. And then he posted a video walkthrough of how to do it. So that's, uh, that's an interesting thing to consider if you are running Android. On the Noster development front, you can jumpstart your Noster development with a template. So a, a new project was launched called Osty, O-S-T-Y, and it was announced this week. The person announcing it said, I'm excited today to announce Osti, your fastest route to building on Noster. With Osti, launching your next Noster application is as simple as a command, npm create Osti at latest. It gives you fast, production-ready, and scalable code, and Osti comes with all that you need. Noster development kit, state management, routing, UI components, and more. Perfect for projects of all size. Now, somebody pointed out there's another project very similar to this called Engine, N 
G-I-N-E, a Noster application framework. That one is built by uh, Ver Bericha, who is also behind projects like obla.news. So I'll have links to both of those in the show notes. Um, Osti is osty.dev, and then engine, N-G-I-N-E, is on GitHub. There are two more things that I want to share on the news front that are they're just kind of cool without really major announcements to them. The first one is courtesy of Derek Ross, uh, a builder that is on Noster and is very active on there. He talks about a marketplace with open protocols. This is a post from him this week. It says, yesterday I listed two smartphones for sale on Noster via Amethyst's Shopster integration. Today those phones sold. No Facebook marketplace, no eBay, just beautiful decentralized shopping and decentralized payments. I will ship them tomorrow. We are winning. I think that's great. We've all bought and sold things online and it's cool to see an end-to-end experience that is moving to a more open protocol. And the other one is a video from Will, who the creator of Domus, and shows Domus running on an iPhone, macOS, Linux, Android, Android tablet, and iPad. It's all native, all native code, no web. Will shared this video of the client running on all these systems with natively compiled code. You can follow his progress on Noster or on his personally hosted Git instance. So just go over to his website, jb55.com, or follow him on Noster. Okay, let's go on to boosts and zaps. Every episode, we read boosts and zaps that we received from the previous week. A boost is a payment on a podcast episode that usually has a message with it. And then a zap is a payment over Noster. Usually when I post my show onto Noster to say that it is available now, then any zaps that come on on that note, I will read them here. They both are ways to support the show. You can express words of encouragement or you can just get your own content read on the show. So if you have a message you want read, go ahead and send a boost or a zap and put it in there and I'll read it on here. This week was very light, uh, much lighter than other weeks. Value for value really has its ups and downs. Some weeks are very heavy with lots coming in and other weeks are very, very slow. This was one of those. So we have one single boost from Joel W. Boosted 333 sats and no message. Thank you so much, Joel W. Uh, We did not have any zaps come in on the note. I had some issues with my note, with my relays. I don't know if that was part of it, if it didn't get as much reach or it just really was a slow week. Anyways, it's all good. We do have people who have been streaming sats. I really appreciate you doing this. Um, I don't really feel like reading names out is is really, from a privacy standpoint, something that I should be doing. A boost is something where you're intentionally kind of putting your name out there. But when it comes to streaming, I really appreciate you streaming to the show. It's awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, real quick note on that. Uh, streaming sats is a great way to support the show. You automatically send a small amount of money for each minute that you listen to a podcast episode. If you aren't familiar with it, the way that it works is first you, you know, you get your podcasting 2.0 app and you have a podcast wallet hooked up to it. Some of them come with their own wallet. Other ones, you just provide your own. And then you can put a specified amount of money in that wallet. So you set like a budget for yourself and then you go in and you set an amount per minute that you want to stream to the episode. Some people 
stream 50 sats per minute. Some do 20, some do 21 because of Bitcoin, it's a big number. Um, other people do 10. You set whatever you want. You can do one sat per minute if you want to. And then you simply just listen and support the show while you're listening. And it's, it's just automatic. You set it and forget it. It's kind of like being able to take your Netflix subscription that you have, right? And uh, directly taking your monthly payment and just putting it toward the content that you watch instead of it going toward the development of all sorts of other stuff on there that you just don't really care about, right? So this is a vote, a way to vote for the stuff that you enjoy and want to hear more of. So consider setting up in your podcasting 2.0 app to stream sats to your show. Uh, You can also turn it off and on whenever you want to. So like you don't have to leave it on all the time. But if you can set the amount low enough to where you can just leave it on all the time, it's a really awesome way to support the great content that you love and that you want to hear more of. So again, thank you so much. Any boosts and zaps that you send will be read on next week's show. Now on to project updates. First one is Amethyst version 0.83.10. And this is a marketplace update. Hey, it goes along with that that news story earlier. Uh, This includes a link to the product in the first message from the buyer. This also has NIP92 support in public messages and DMs, which allows for media attachments in messages. It adds horizontal scrolling to the action buttons of the new post screen, and then lots of bug fixes. So if you're running Amethyst, go check out the update. And like said earlier, it's probably available through Obtanium first um, before it hits the Play Store. So if you want the latest, go, go to Obtanium. There's been an update to Mutiny version 0.5.8. And from the release post, they say, additional fediment features and fixes, including a swap to Lightning Network feature that moves your federated eSats to a self-custodial Lightning channel. There have been some breaking changes to fediment integrations over the last few releases. So it's recommended that you remove the previous federation if you're having issues sending and then add a different federation in for testing. And they very specifically say, do not add the same federation back. Thank you all for testing. There should be less of these breaking changes now that we are improving these bugs. Next project is Fountain. Fountain version 1.0.6 is a new update. And the big thing here is background audio downloads. They say episodes will now reliably download in the background on your device even if your connection drops out. Okay, a few Nostr client updates. First one is Nostrudel 0.38.0. They have support for NSEC Bunker and the new OAuth flow. They added simple launch pad view. Most stuff will be added here in the future, it says. There is a restore scroll position when returning to the timeline. Added support to cache events in local relays instead of browser cache and tons more things. Okay, next Nostr client update is Coracle 0.4.2. They have updates to how notes are signed. Also says add group notes to group notifications, add badges to all notification page tabs, a better search algorithm. And then this was pushed out as part of the Top Builder 2024 uh, competition that is going on right now. Just a reminder about that. Top Builder 2024, you can go check it out. Final presentations are happening next month in March. And then we have Primal. Primal made a web update that they announced. Miljohn uh, posted it on Primal, of course. And it says, check out the Primal web app. 
we recently added some new features. Note drafts, emoji picker, faster media uploads with a progress indicator, smart contact list, it remembers previous user selections, revamped custom zaps and zap preset settings, profile page has a QR code now, and improved feed rendering. So go just refresh Primal on your web browser and you get all the latest and greatest. Last Noster client is a new client for Shipyard that is written in Go. So this is user Dextries, D-E-X-T-R-Y-Z. And they said, my app of the morning is a basic Go client uh, command line interface to interface with Shipyard DVM by Pablo F7Z. So Shipyard is a project, if you're not familiar with it, it allows you to write notes and publish them later. This is from the Shipyard page, shipyard.pub. says, Shipyard is a Noster client focused on maximizing your writing experience, managing your content schedule, and making sure your ideas get their chance to shine. So this user, Dextries, wrote a client so that you can do kind of automation and other command line interface stuff with Shipyard. So that's uh, pretty cool. All right, last project update for, for today is OX Chat. They have version 1.2.6. And this is according to an article on nobsbitcoin.com. They say there's an introduction of the cashew wallet feature in OX Chat. They also added the ability to send random eCash in a group or channel chat. And then fix the issues mentioned by users, including the issues using Amber login, startup performance, synchronization problems with private messages, etc. So reminder, OX Chat is a secure chat app built on the Nostra protocol that has strong privacy baked into it. So go check that out if you're looking to try out more secure and private chat. That's it for the news and updates this week. This is Freedom Tech Wrap. If you find this weekly source useful, please share it with your people. You can also support us through Value for Value and send us feedback on Nostra to Mark's at nosterplebs.com. If you're interested in listening to the song of the week and directly support that artist, stick around and boost. For the rest of you, thanks for listening and remember to live independent. Later. The song for today is from one of the most popular artists on Wavelake at the moment. It is Ainsley Costello with the song Two Ships. So, without further ado, enjoy and boost to support the artist. This is Two Ships by Ainsley Costello. Can't fight inevitability, even though it's killing me. Can't explain why some things just end. Can't say we didn't try to reach the other side Started as lovers but ending it as friends And we can't go back again Because we're just two ships together in the night Two ships sinking at the same time 
time won't pass Two ships sinking and they're sinking fast Lost it all along the way Not sure why